0: All right. Well, welcome, Rosa. Thank you so much for taking time out of the day to join me here.
1: Oh, hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. I. You know, it's you're doing us the service. I'm looking at this work, and it's un. It's just beautiful. It's just beautiful.
2: <laughs> um,
0: why don't we start uh, with you giving us just a sense of like what you've done em, in terms of uh, your training and and how you got here?
1: Uh, so my training. Um, should I start from my education or six uh, years
0: old? Were you an artist?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I did uh, art entire my life, so yeah, pretty much, yeah. I've been drawing always. Um, but college, I didn't go to college for 3D art. I actually went to college for um, industrial design
2: because,
1: mm-hmm. um, like everybody else, I didn't know I was going to be a game artist. Um, and after uh, the graduation. Um, I found out I don't have a passion for industrial and design and also didn't want to go to expensive art schools, um, couldn't afford it. So I went back to Korea for about a couple years
2: mm-hmm.
1: and did like a personal training there. Yeah. They, they have a really good like, um, school, not not formal school, but they have really nice programs there. Mm-hmm. Um, they will teach you one on one and you only uh, they only cost like four hundred dollars a month. So it was a mm-hmm. like way cheaper and faster option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made a couple portfolio pieces there and came back to Washington. I mm-hmm. uh, got my first job as a 3D generalist in an indie studio. And shortly after I got hired by ArenaNet, um, worked on Guild Wars, that's one of my older work. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it was there for about a year. Um, but, uh, yeah, my contract ended and I had to find something else and went to Microsoft uh, Xbox and was there for a short amount of time, then got hired by Bungie and was there for about three to four years. Um, yeah. And here I am at 343.
0: Awesome. Um, and so the um, I think one of the things that's really important to kind of hit on is you went back to Korea and you created a, a couple of portfolio pieces. Mm-hmm. And and that's a lot that's where a lot of students are right now is is they're at that stage. So what did you find was important? And I know things have changed. Uh, the industry's always changing, but what did you think or find was important in those portfolio pieces? What did they have to have?
1: Uh so if you scroll down one of the um the one with the the girl with the the gun and the white hair. Yeah, that was one of the first portfolio pieces I have. Mhm. Um well it's, it's not the strongest one I have. Obviously it was one of my first characters. Mm-hmm. I made in Korea. Um uh I mean, well, honestly, I have to be honest with you. I yes. luck has played a huge role in my career. Uh my work wasn't the best. Um, but I was just looking for a job at the right time.
0: Okay. What does that um, mean though? What made it the right timing?
1: So uh, let's say, for example, if I applied ArenaNet a year earlier or a year later, mm-hmm. I my career path uh, might have been very different because <laughs> okay. like when I went to ArenaNet, and honestly, my art test wasn't the greatest. It, even the leads told me my art test uh, was okay, it wasn't amazing, mm-hmm. but um, at the time, I uh, there was less competition. I was a local and he saw potential in my portfolio. That's why he hired me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I looked at other net artists and their art tests, they were just amazing. Like I wouldn't even have competed with them. So it's kind of like I thought I got lucky. And even for Bungie too, like when I got hired at Bungie, um, while I was there uh, for three to four years, uh, it was the only time that they hired like entry-level artists.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, when I got there as an entry-level artist later on, they never hired entry-level. They only hired senior artists. what I mean, like mm-hmm. if I applied a year later, I would probably wouldn't have made Um But um, in terms of portfolio, I even asked like hiring managers, what's important mm-hmm. um, when you look at students' portfolios? And um, one... Uh, impression I got was they value complete characters more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: rather than having really nice zebras sculpt, it's important to show your textures yeah. and your work in progress shots and um prove that you can finish a character from scratch to in you know, a render. So I think it's important to have uh, a character to demonstrate your sculpting low poly uh, texturing and also like lighting and rendering it.
0: Right. Yeah, that's great. Actually, we've heard that. Um, me and the students have heard that from almost everybody that comes in. Finish mm-hmm. the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you say you've gotten lucky. Um, what about uh, Bungie? Mm-hmm. Was that luck?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I I mentioned that. Um, oh,
0: I meant three four threes actually. Uh, three
1: four three? Uh, yeah. I don't I don't think so. Um, actually. I, when I got to a certain level, um, yeah. I had enough portfolio pieces that demonstrate my art surface sculpting and mm-hmm. I made uh, enough characters so, to prove my uh, ability and skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So That's why uh, 343 contacted me to see if I'm interested uh, in uh, working at
2: 343
1: mm-hmm. and I, entered, I uh, met some nice people and I decided to move.
0: Okay, you were yeah. recruited.
1: Right, but it's like always the first stage, like getting your in the door is most important, right. frustrating and hard part of the, the yeah. process, so. Uh,
0: what did you do when you were on Guild Wars? What, what were you responsible for?
1: So Guild Wars stuff, they actually been um, outsourcing first batch of high poly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So when um, they get the uh, high poly sculpt spec, um, artist kind of finishes off the sculpt, like a polishing and reshaping a little bit, and yeah. then do retopo and do full hand paint texturing.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. I've had several, um, students go into that job. It's not oh. always what people expect cause they're like, Oh, I'm going to go become a game artist. And then you end up finishing work
2: <laughs>
0: and uh, right. it can be a bit of a letdown, but it's a great entry cause it probably hones your skills on the essential stuff.
1: Exactly. Yeah, no, I I was thrilled to work on Guild Wars. I mean, their sculpts, I learned a lot from breaking them down piece by piece. And just to go through all the pipeline and see how they are made, it really helped me uh, learning even more than school, my first Mm -hmm. month, I think. And uh, even like hand texturing, like I didn't know much about hand texturing then, but it's like I basically learned everything up.
0: Okay, that's great. Now from Guild Wars you went to uh, Microsoft. Do you have any of the work from Microsoft here or
1: No, it was a very early stage of Xbox Avatar. Okay, they were revamping like Xbox Avatar and I was just um I was helping them with really early like exploration stage.
2: Mm-hmm. Don't have to help for it.
0: Okay. And then um when you got to Bungie, was there was there something in the portfolio that they liked? and and i am asking because I've got a lot of students into this and that are here watching it and i'm the way that we approach things in the boot camp and you can tell me what you think of this um is we aim for the hiring triggers right because we assume
2: mm-hmm.
0: we assume right off the bat that there's too much to know and master, and you know it's like anatomy is is some people's entire life they study in me, so
2: mm-hmm. it,
0: it's endless. Um, so we focus on the hiring triggers. So the thing that I'm thinking, and it sounds like you've asked this before. You know, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out like, what do you, people think are the hiring triggers? Finishing the so, characters, one. Sorry.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, go ahead. No, that was it. Um. So when I got, I was interviewing uh, with Bungie. Like, I didn't have any hard surface or sci-fi themed right. portfolios, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, but I, I think they mainly looked at um hard armor pieces because mm-hmm. uh because uh, if you look at some of the um the guild war stuff they still have some like hard surface armor i think there's a one with the the girl with uh, really heavy armor on um this one and that it was this one is mainly like a cloth and yeah <laughs> it's probably not a good one um the one above that one
0: oh there
2: we go
1: yeah yeah, yeah that one so like if you have if you can demonstrate that you can uh, uh, sculpt or make hard surface some kind of hard surface.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But honestly, I think my art test with Bundy was the main trigger, pretty much. Okay. I mean, this was enough to get me the art test. Yeah. But your uh, it, this was to open the door for me. But then the art test was really proving that I can do um the subti modeling and texturing. It's also there. If you go back, there, was, there is a bungee art test helmet I did yeah. It's at the very bottom.
0: Oh, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so this one. That did it. Yeah. So, so what's important is to get the art test opportunity first.
0: Right. Uh, how long did you spend on the art test?
1: Uh, I've been working on this day and night for about a week and a half.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> always wonders, how long do I spend? Did they give you a time frame?
1: No, they really didn't because they understand that we are working full time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, I only have like six to seven hours maximum a day to work on the art test.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but I work all weekend um, just to get in as fast as I can. Um, so I think seven days, seven to fourteen days, was like a time frame
2: mm-hmm.
1: for them internally.
0: Okay. Were you in constant contact with them or was it just like radio silence and then you turn it in? Um,
1: it's, it was only for a week or two so yeah. there wasn't a chance to do like some feedback. Uh, but I know some other places you actually like, turn in your high poly sculpt and let them give you feedback and then they kind of see how you address that feedback, how you mm-hmm. receive feedback and um, make changes and stuff. Yeah. But this was simple enough, so I didn't have to go through that whole back and forth.
0: So this was their character art test? hmm And was it for character art position, or was it just for, like, a, you know, entry-level?
1: It was character art position. Uh, ha- um, so they gave you choice, so you can pick an arm or the helmet
2: mm-hmm.
1: or the leg, I think. So um, whichever you choose, you don't have to do the helmet. Like you can choose uh, to do the arm. But I didn't want to do the arm because I didn't want to model fingers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and,
2: That's awesome.
1: But one of my friends did, <laughs> did the arm and it looked great. Um, yeah, I think most of the people just chose to do the helmet.
0: Okay, but
1: and do you, should, you
2: know, they give you I a face?
1: To, yeah, I had to do the face. I mm-hmm. guess that was the main reason why people would want to do a helmet because of the face. But it's a face versus fingers. Mm, I don't know. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. That's great. Um. So you've been doing this a while now. You're senior character artist.
1: Um. Senior character artist. I thought about that. Um. It totally depend. It's different between studio to studio and yeah. person to person, yeah. right? So. Um, one case you are at a studio long enough and you accumulate this valuable knowledge um, to become a senior and or you can be a super rookie that you're really talented and good and studio doesn't want you to uh, want to lose you to other studios and that will promote you to senior. So it's a really case by case, I think I've seen both, but the main theme will be, are you able to mentor other people? are you able to kind of um, you know uh, guide provide some kind of guidance to your peers and give um, proper feedback and stuff like that
0: That makes sense. So let's dial this back. You went in for product design. What made you decide games was it? How did that how that spark?
1: At first I just wanted to do something 3D. So mm-hmm. I've been learning like Rhino and SolidWorks, old stuff. Um, jewelry design or things like that uh, but I the main factor was that I didn't want to do something practical like I didn't want to worry about some real world problems where like game it's you can make anything you can imagine right you don't have to worry about like material or how durable they are or like how people interact with the product it, it's just like purely art mm-hmm. so I think the game Oh. They, yeah, I think that's uh, kind of like fantasy, uh, art fantasy you can realize in game art. That yeah. Me, yeah, shift from industrial design.
0: Was there a moment where you were like, I'm definitely doing this? Because you had to commit. I mean, you had to go back to Korea. That must have been a little freaky.
1: <laughs> I When I laid out some plan, well, in the beginning, you can just uh, have it all in your head. Mm-hmm. But you start laying out um, specific information, like I'm going to go to this place for school, I'm going to make or make this tuition money doing that, just planning things out just made me sure that this is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And I actually had like friends and cousins um, working in gaming industry in Korea. Yeah. So I went there and just talking to them made me, uh, you know. Um, confident that I want to do this.
0: Got it. You could see the picture then?
1: Yeah, you can kind of see your path. Uh, you can imagine your path, uh imagine yourself walking through those paths, um, step by step setting smaller goals. So first thing I'm going to register for this school. And this is how I'm going to make money for it. And mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to stay there and make a living. And and in this time frame, let's say six months, I'm going to have like two portfolio pieces. And then like by this time, I'm going to come back. That kind of like future plan helps yeah. me to realize my dream, I think.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. You know, just block make it more achievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what does a day look like for you? Like when you go in, um, do you have meetings? Do you have your own kind of project that you have to do? Um, How much autonomy do you have? Like, just what does a normal day look like?
1: Um, I'm sure it's just a typical day. I can't really um, say anything in detail because I'm under NDA. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What I'm walking on is secret. But yeah, it's it's, just I walk into the office since it's very like Microsoft Office culture. i have my own desk i go to and uh, if there's meeting then i will go to meeting and come back to my desk get some coffee and just um heads down working uh, on my uh the the project i'm working on yeah i think it'll be the same for most of the artists.
0: yeah and then what about free time to do your own work
1: yeah it's actually after work that i do most of the art stuff because mm-hmm. i'm always doing some kind of freelance personal work or recently i've been doing my, uh some tutorial stuff or uh, getting materials for teaching online and things like that like i do more of the side stuff than the main job the full-time job i do
0: how do you get the freelance work? Like how does it just come to you from art station or different places? Oh,
1: no, I think you need to like find, go get, get out there and just like send an email and hook your friends, see if there is freelance. Um, I got lucky with one of my friends, he was doing this freelance with Omnum Studio mm-hmm. and I just kind of hook him, hey, do you, do you know if they need more people? So, uh he he emailed Bobo and see if he, he would be interested to work with me. And he looked at my R station and said, Yeah, um, we'll try out a project. So I did one project for him and then he decided to give me more work. So that's mm-hmm. how I kind of built a relationship. Yeah. With Owner Studio. Um other than that, sometimes you will get R station messages and things like that. But the freedomless work I think um you need to go out there and ask around and like send an email and send messages to get the work.
0: Got it. Um, and are you just like, is it mostly friends or are you actually reaching out to students?
1: Um, for me, it was, it was friends most.
0: Because you have all this uh, free time, right?
1: <laughs> free time, yeah. <laughs> After work time. <laughs> my
0: life. That's crazy. I think artists are like one of the only careers that they go and they work on the job and then they go home and they work on the job
1: yeah i mean like it, it's also a hobby if you enjoy uh-huh. it it's a better way to spend my time so.
0: yeah fair enough
1: make money so yeah
0: where do you get um inspiration
1: uh inspiration i mean I you're looking with- at, like,
0: we're looking at this uh yeah.
1: personal
0: uh personal work study here right
2: mm-hmm. and,
0: um, so are there artists that you kind of that like, that you just follow and that you, you know inspire you or or how do you find these projects that you know you want to work on
1: yeah it's just too much inspiration these days like everywhere kind of... you go and look around you get inspired like in movies or games like in art station like i can't even stay on our station for too long it's just like overwhelming um so i mean um it's just how i sort out my inspiration is more work than finding inspiration because you're huh. honestly being inspired be, with, with your peers at job Okay. because when i was at bungee like, everyone was so talented um i somehow thought i need to you know work up to them and um that was a huge driver for me uh and later on like our station looking at other people doing amazing stuff um really pushes me to uh do more work in art myself. Mm-hmm. Art inspiration.
0: Because I totally agree with you. you. we're here on your art station, but uh, sort through your inspiration, I mean. Um we're here on the art station and it's like, you know, it's an endless amount of stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like if you go to picks or trending ones, like you really need to like <laughs> uh sort out what really comes to you, right? So when my process is uh, I look at the art and see, try to analyze it, what of it do I like? Yeah. Maybe it's design, lighting, or rendering. Um, it's more about when I'm picking concept art to make, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, I look at all those artists that I follow. Um, there's just endless of them, and um, I kind of, think in my head, is this doable? Is this something I can make? Or is it going to look good in 3D? Mm. Um, Is this something I'm going to enjoy making? That kind of um, filtering helps me to narrow down what I want to um, actually bring to personal
0: work. Got it.
1: so yeah
0: when you start a project how do you start do you start in zbrush or block out in um, maya or what's your process
1: so i used to do blocking out in um, Max. okay just lay down all the planes and um, block out models and then go to zbrush to do high poly sculpting but now i got more familiar with this zmodeler brush yeah I kind of start, um, in ZBrush with just cubes and cylinders and just do, uh, Chris modeling with the, uh, the dynamic subdivision thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, yeah, do everything in ZBrush. Yeah. This one I did in max. This one, I actually started from a pose, not from a T pose model, I think,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: Sometimes it's kind of boring to start from T-Post model. Yeah, <laughs> right.
2: Uh,
1: so I kind of post it first and then kind of put stuff on her.
0: Uh, do you use Marvelous Designer or how do you build the clothing? Um,
1: this is a straight sculpting. This is kind of old work two years ago. I wasn't so yeah. familiar with Marvelous. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't have license for a Marvelous Designer, so
2: I mm-hmm. don't know do anything.
1: No, but I I did it a little bit when I was at Bungie because uh, they had a license. So I liked it, but I ended up re-sculpting it a lot. Because some of the folds doesn't make sense for the game character. And then later on, like I realized maybe I can just do it faster in ZBrush and then just sculpt uh, practice more the cloud sculpting. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: but I actually do... Uh, Enjoy using Marvelous Designer. It's a future to-do list.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you can always throw it on. Yeah.
1: Uh, what kind I of?
0: Software... Huh? You, you were gonna say something?
1: Oh uh, no, I say I will do it someday.
0: Yeah. So, what kind of software do you think people should be focused on as character artists today? Because you know this is a bit of a moving target. Um, I think it's fair to say Substance Designer is not like you know not an essential character artist software. Um, mm-hmm. But what should they be focused on?
1: Um there are just so many different ones. I know people are going crazy over Blender now. Um mm-hmm. and I I would stick to basic uh foundation ones like mm-hmm. Maya or Max because that's the uh software all the 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 current production game studios use. And I ended up learning both Maya and Max. Um because I had to. I initially only knew uh, Max, but without knowing Maya, I can't. I can't do. I can work as a character artist. Yeah. So I, I, I learned to do both. And Z brush is, of course, everybody agrees. Z brush is a must. Yeah. Marmoset, um, um, Marmaset Marma tool bag.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One important one.
0: Substance painter.
1: Um, yeah, painter, painter. Yeah. That's kind of obvious, one. Right. Um. Got it. Yeah.
0: So Maya Max.
2: Make yeah. sure you,
0: you make sure you're using one of the big boys. Mm-hmm. Um. I, you know, everybody is going gaga over Blender right now, which is mm-hmm. great because at least there's a free option and there's no stigma. Because I remember when Blender used to have a stigma. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's gone now. Uh. ZBrush. Um. If I'm looking at this piece of yours, this this thing that's on the screen, right? And for those who are watching the video. Um, we're looking at a hunter vest, and uh, there's a bunch of complex pieces, and mm. um, some of that's separated. Some of some of it looks like it's kind of a hard surface. Some of it's cloth, padded cloth. Um, when you start a process project like this, uh, how, what is some of the? What I want to get is I want to get a sense of the process for this because this is a this is a complex piece that you have built here. It's also got like um, ornamentation over it and mm. uh, and folded in complex ways. Uh, so, uh, can you describe a bit of the process of building something as complex as this?
1: Um, yeah, where should I begin? Say, um, for this one, I think I mainly did everything in ZBrush. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, everything is from ZBrush. Um, if you uh, work in one of the studios they have a base match right so you know yeah. where their like arm um, slide is going to be or re- where the neck is going to be in the wrist line so they can be mixed and matched with other pieces
2: mm-hmm.
1: So once you know those uh, boundaries then you can kind of start filling um, the 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 main chest part mm-hmm. um and then I just take low poly from existing uh, Hunter test. They're yeah. like a super low poly, right? And then just like use it as space. Yeah. And um, there are just so many pieces that, okay. For example, the, the main circular emblem that I have, I yeah. basically just started um, with a cylinder in ZBrush and uh, just a- adding some edge loops and just like any other 3D applications. Mm-hmm and then do the, the mask, masking with regular brush, and then kind of clean it out with a pen and loop tool. And um, those ropes, I think I did the, the um, sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to remember how I did it.
0: No, I appreciate uh, the, the effort. And it's actually a surprise that it's a lot of it's in ZBrush, like um, the the uh, the stuff around the belt. Uh-huh. Is that all? Is that all ZBrush?
1: Yeah, that's all ZBrush.
0: Now I, I, I'll I'll be honest. I usually tell my students not to use ZBrush for this because <laughs> people get into digital sculpting mindset, and so then it's it's like it starts to look chunky, and it looks like it's it looks like it's sculpted.
1: Right. Uh, but if you just stick to crease modeling in ZBrush without Perfect. increasing division level yeah. and just maintain the cleanness yeah. um, it really helps me to uh, speed up the process because I don't have to worry about each individual vertices I can just use my regular sculpting brushes to place them and modify them
0: hmm and by oh. crease modeling um, you're referring to I got Z right here are you referring mm-hmm. to Z modeler or are you referring to um, when you come over here, I'll draw on this. Um, you come over here and use crease and set a subdivision level and, and crease poly groups and things like that. Or are we talking about Z Modeler?
1: Uh, I use both. So once you get your basic shape with your Z Modeler brush,
2: yeah, then
1: you can use crease, crease tools to um, do poly group creasing and okay. then do like a tolerance creasing. That kind of gets you halfway. Mm-hmm. and then you uh, go in with the z modeler brush like edge uh, edge tool and just crease individual uh, edge loops
0: uh-huh. I love it yeah
1: yeah I think that's the basic of it
0: okay that makes total sense i get it and in, and it's actually you're using the new tool well sorry you're using the new and the super super old because crease modeling is like Zbrush too <laughs> so. like, yeah. we used to train on that back in the day and people were like no thank you uh, I think I'll stick to
1: mine. <laughs> I just like how you can kind of preview um, your model uh, with sculpted pieces and yeah. the modeled pieces. Having everything in one scene helps me a lot to visualize a final product yeah. because I'm constantly worried about the the overall shape, proportions and yeah. balance. So it's important for me to have everything in one scene. So when I, when I sculpting the the cloth piece in the center, I can also look at other like pieces, low poly crisp modeling pieces and kind of adjust accordingly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, it's just a constant adjusting takes a lot of time and it's just faster if I do them all in one ZBrush. Yeah, well,
0: that's actually exactly the answer. One of the answers I was I was aiming for is because this level of complexity, assembly is a massive pain in the ass. So
2: yeah. if, you
0: had, if you had to assemble all of this in marmoset, like go through the, and, you know, it's like you can make so many problems before you even know it.
1: Right. And then, like, believe it or not, all these little small parts, they are uh, they have their own... UV shells and material. It's just mm-hmm. like how bungee like, pipeline is. I mm-hmm. have uh, to separate them out, like piece by piece. For example, those straps, their own thing, own textures. That it's just a really painful and model lot of work.
0: <laughs> so you did this all, most of this in ZBrush. This is the high poly. This is not the low poly, correct?
1: Um, this is high poly. Okay.
0: Uh, and then, so then you build the low res over the top of this. When you're building the low res, you're actually building all of them, all of these pieces basically separate. You're not yeah. building it as a, a watertight, exactly.
1: but no. it's all separate. Yeah, they're all separate. I mean, and, like the underlying um, cloth piece or the base of it is yeah. one watertight uh, mesh, but everything on top of it, they are like all separate.
0: Man. And so then they get their own separate UV shells. And are we worried yeah. about draw calls at all? Or is that just, that this all gets figured out by the tech heads at the end?
1: Yeah, they, I think it's the tech, <laughs> they do their magic.
0: Okay. So and,
1: this, this is really helpful. So whenever um, they get to be used for other ones, they can just take that part without worrying about, you know, UVs and texture shell, because they are all separate. Mm-hmm. So they can just take that tassel and just stick it somewhere else and it'll be easy in one um, clip thing.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So it's much more modular that way. Yeah. Um, When you're laying out the UVs, let's say if you're laying out the UVs for the tassel, are you laying them out entirely in a zero to one space or?
1: Yeah, zero to one space. So it's good. But the texture, it's going to be small, like a 256.
0: Okay, fair enough. All right. No, that makes sense. So then you could put a 256 next to another 256 that fills mm-hmm. a 512 square, and then you know.
1: Right.
0: Okay. Um, but then now, if we're talking about that shoulder, like the padded um, piece along the uh, the chest, mm-hmm. is is this all separate text, separate UV zero to one, and it's all fills that space all by itself too? Yep. Wow. Well,
2: actually,
1: since this is a long one, so I fill the half of the UV set. Yeah. So, uh, so the texture would be um, 256 by uh, 512, so that, okay. yeah.
0: Oh. All right. Um, so it's squashed all into the 0 to 1, but then just a longer texture. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. I get that. Uh, OK, and then how much of this gets normal mapped? Um, it doesn't look like there's enormous complexity. I mean, like, um, uh, but if I'm looking here at the I'll draw on the screen uh, I'll describe, so if we're looking at this kind of belt piece in here, these are all, this is all geometry, these little circular pieces next to this all becomes geometry.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I, in this, mat, uh, in this case, I kind of baked everything as one shell. Okay. So if you scroll down and look at the in-game shot, you can kind of tell they are being stretched and, um. Uh, Right. So this whole uh, abdominal piece is one. Oh wait, never mind. So sorry. Okay. I now I realize so the circular things. are Yeah, they're one. Uh, one modular piece. So you can I kind of copied it six times to Okay. Place it. Yeah.
0: But then the underlining piece is basically one. Yeah,
2: that's um, thing. Yeah.
0: Yep. And you got some geometry down at the edge to get that silhouette. Right. Okay. That looks cool. Um, now, in games today, I know you can't talk too much about pipelines and stuff like that. Um, but do you have a sense? Because one of the big questions people have is like, you know, how many polys do I make a model? Um, how many textures? Um, you know, and my answer to people is always, you know, first you got to make it look good before they mm-hmm. even bother asking those questions. Like, how many polys is your model? First, it's got to look, you know, sexy. But in in your perspective, like, you know, with today's workflow in modern games what are we looking at in terms of polygon count the amount of textures the number of texture sets you know like if you can just give us some guidance that'd be
1: great uh, like production level uh, yeah. for games. yeah so i think it's really um different if you're doing campaign like unique characters or right. if you're doing like armor characters right okay so for me like i um i'm kind of specialized in armor
2: uh-huh.
1: Uh, production so they need to so th- um the thing is they're going to be multiple players wearing the same thing so can they cannot be um over certain levels so it doesn't um uh, make the game chug
2: mm-hmm.
1: right so uh say for those for the warlock chest I um, think that has most polygon budget. So if you look at the the one fifth one, that's the Warlock Plus, I the one with the the ropes and blue straps.
0: Ropes and blue straps. Sorry, uh, not
1: like this fifth one. one. Fifth one on top.
0: Oh, fifth one on top. This one.
1: Yeah, that one was I think um around twelve thousand tries.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's great. I mean that's mm-hmm. very low risk.
1: Yeah, it's it's a low risk because it's for multiplayer. Yeah. Awesome. But I'm sure if you get to make you get campaign characters, like unique characters, you can go way over. Um but for multiplayers we are kind of um restricted.
2: Here we to,
0: go. Yeah. So this is the twelve thousand this what we were looking at earlier is the high poly.
1: Right, that's a high poly key shot render
0: Okay, great.
1: And here we In, go. Like, yeah, they're they're thousand.
0: Beautiful. Okay. So when you're coming in and you're doing Ray, you got an environment squist on. Ray's like, this is inspiring me. <laughs> Oh, we had Alejandro in here for a second, and I should tell you what Alejandro said. He said, Rosa is so so humble and says she gets lucky. Alejandro um, was at ArenaNet when you were at ArenaNet. Oh, is, it,
1: is, it, is this uh, my friend Alejandro?
0: Yeah, that... I think that was your friend Alejandro. He's he's in the I... network, actually. I've talked to Alejandro a couple of times. He, he is a wonderful soul, great guy, um, and he's helped several students here. Oh,
2: uh, I see.
0: Hello. Uh, I think he popped out. Um, Thomas, the, all this technical info is loosening. Good, I'm glad, Thomas. Um, what about, and we should probably talk about this, what about UDIMS? I know, I know I'm know. i having this like super technical conversation with you and I hope it's okay, um, but you're very clear in how you're delivering this and talking about it, that's so great.
1: Um,
0: what uh, about UDIMS?
1: I didn't deal with UDIMS um, in Pat Studios that much yet. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't have much to say about you, Name.
0: That says it all right there. Yeah. You know, That's what's important. And, and um, how much, can you talk about the technical artist and the character artist? Um, because it, this is a bit of a moving target, how much somebody should be mindful of the technical and how much we should be mindful of the aesthetic. Because, the, you know, the aesthetic is hard. It's hard to understand how the sculpt like this if i'm looking at your warlock the padded uh forearm protectors like getting that to look good is just hard in a sculpt Mm -hmm. how do you interact with technical artists like can you describe that that relationship a little bit
2: yeah uh, uh,
1: we did a lot of back and forth um from concepting stage Uh, so i think this one's yeah concepted by susan so she will have us over to her desk so me and a tech technical artists and just look at over the, the concept and we point out uh, which part is concerning. For example, mm-hmm. uh, we had a problem with the cloth. We could not have too much going on for the costing part. So there's like a tassel pieces on the, uh, on the side, they used to like a cross and do make more interesting shape. Yeah. uh but we have to like tell her oh it's not doable it's most of the time we tell call about already say it's hard to make you can do that it's yeah
2: it's not fun
1: because we have to yeah
0: can't find her art station uh, no i
1: don't think she has an art station um she's not into kind of it also, she's not, I think, <laughs> but she's an amazing artist i love her uh, anyways so <laughs> it's most of the time we ask tech artists can we do this and and they say no um uh, but uh, we kind of do this discussion, maybe we can, maybe we cannot make them cross, but we can make them shorter so they go on the sides so they don't like um, collide with the thighs as much.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that kind of discussion is always like, it's daily interaction thing we do. But sometimes we don't catch from the concept stage, right? We just mm-hmm. keep making, making it and later we realize, oh, hey, this is causing this kind of problem. Then right. we have to like, do another conversation over it and how do we maintain this as, uh, art uh, as much as possible, but at the same time make them work. Most of the time it's the shifting things around
2: mm-hmm.
1: and tech artists are usually generous and they want to like help us make things look good. Mm -hmm. So it's a really collaborative um, uh, effort, Um, yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much it. They're really passionate to make art look good, but we kind of have to accept the technical limitation
2: that we can do certain things.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. So they're keeping the frame rate um, and various other memory management stuff. Mm if we're looking at the back of this uh is this actual geometry or do you use a card for this because i'm seeing the shadow
1: that's a card actually it's a floating little bit so that's touching the shadow a little bit Uh it's alphaed out um but the side ones are solid uh, mesh but i had to raise it to that level so it doesn't um interfere with the cloth simulation below Mm -hmm. usually um what well, you used to come down way lower, but uh, the rope part, the skirt part, it's a flat card, and we can't use that have any polygons for costume right. pieces. So we had to kind of raise it and then just make it more comfy. So it did It ended up receiving less of simulation part because you can kind of tell from the left image where the the cloth is being um, bent. That's yeah. where the the costume starts. So. Okay. Everything above it will be uh, soft skin to the legs and body. Okay. And then everything below is being cross simulated.
0: Ah, got it. Okay. And you can see it right in that bump right there.
1: Right, right. That's what's causing that. Impact.
0: Okay. And when it's in motion, it's a different. Right. It gets handled, or you see it different. Okay, cool. So thank you. I really appreciate you kind of diving in. I know I asked a lot of um, tech kind of stuff. So that was really nice for you to, to go in. I think um, if I'm looking at that, uh, that Hunter Vest of yours, like I know f- from my students, like this is, a, this is a goal is to create something that has this level of complexity.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so that's really great. Uh, so why don't we do this guys, uh, let's get some questions. I've got a few of the people uh, that are here with me live. Um, They're usually my bootcamp students or the hardcore ones that are here. Um, And then do you have a second to look at a couple of students' work? Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Okay, cool. Makes sense to me, Rosa, thank you. Um, Do you have any advice that you give students regularly? Let's say somebody comes to you and they're like, I wanna be lucky like you are lucky. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're lucky. I think you're incredibly talented, but let's just say they come and they say, lucky like you what do you what do you say
1: so um i what well, I get messages time to time mm-hmm. from people who are really frustrated with like current market like it's hard yeah. to find a job yeah. just getting the door is hard, and I honestly really think it's the timing, and most of the part is luck mm-hmm. uh it's it's if you don't get a job it means it doesn't mean your art isn't good enough. Yeah. It's just that you're uh, looking at the, wrong, um, at the wrong company, wrong time. Um, but like you just have to keep up, keep up your, keep up with your work and try to do a job and update your portfolio. So when the time comes, so you're ready to go into that in, interview and ace that art test yeah. and get the job right. So you just be prepared always, because um, you never know when the time is gonna come. I got lucky myself. I just got the timing early on my stage. But if you just keep working, um, just don't feel discouraged and think you're not good enough, and try to find out what the problem is with your work. Um, Just think you're good enough, and just you need to find the right company that's good fit for you.
0: Mm, That's great. So don't just apply at one place. No,
1: no, (laughs) it'd be bad strategy.
0: Yeah apply all over
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right rosa thank you and thank you guys for joining me here um live i know it's a little later than we normally do these um, oh yeah
1: so. sorry about that I and mean, i just had to come and work
0: oh, please you're you you just spent an hour with us mm-hmm. and uh, shared your knowledge thank you uh, I, uh, I would do that anytime you.
1: all right it's my pleasure
0: all right take care thanks guys
1: all right thank you